Hello and welcome to another episode of Game Develop Repeat, the podcast where we talk about a game that I enjoy, what makes it special, and what we as game developers can learn from it. I'm your host Chris, a music educator turned indie game developer, and today's episode is all about One Finger Death Punch. In this episode we discuss core game mechanics, exploiting one idea, the purpose behind visuals, and also I rant intensely for a bit about the importance of execution over just having a quote-unquote good idea. Let's get to it. One Finger Death Punch is a very simple, straightforward game, mechanically speaking. Uh, It kind of just iterates on one single idea and expands it and exploits that idea as much as it possibly can to make an excellent game. This is the exact opposite of something like Dave the Diver, where you're constantly exploring different little mechanics and mixing all these things together. This This is one idea used to its maximum and the idea in this game is essentially hit the left arrow to attack an enemy on your left hit the right arrow to attack an enemy on your right there's a lot more stuff that adds flavor to it there's a lot of things that add interest to that mechanic but it is at its core pressing two buttons it is the left arrow and it is the right arrow and you use swords you use shurikens you use guns you use all this cool stuff Uh, The artwork is very, like, it's very simple. It's stick figures, right? It is extremely simplistic, but also deeply satisfying. The animation, all the polish that they add to it, all the, like, screen shake, the sound effects, and the visuals, it adds a lot to the game. It is a goofy game. It has a a silliness to it. It has a ridiculousness to it that really fits the overall, the visual style of the game, right? The game kind of has to be a bit silly to uh, help you accept what is going on and what you're playing because you are a stick figure killing other stick figures in a really extremely overdramatic, over-the-top style. One of the reasons I decided to talk about this game is because of how compelling it is with such a simple mechanic and how direct it is with the fact that it is a simple mechanic. I think there are a lot of games that we play that are actually quite mechanically simple but pretend not to be. Um, I think I, I fall into this trap of believing that a game has a ton of different ideas and mechanics going on when really there's one core mechanic, right? You play it... I mean, RPG, easy, easy option for explaining this. You go into an RPG and it seems, a JRPG, sorry, like a turn-based JRPG. You go into it and it seems like it has a whole bunch of options and all this stuff, but ultimately you are clicking an attack and it is hitting an enemy. You are navigating a menu to hurt an enemy. That is the core boiled down mechanic, right? Shooter, the boiled down mechanic is you are pointing at an enemy and you are clicking to shoot them, right? But it seems like there's so much more going on because you've added all this stuff on top of it and you've kind of expanded on it and so on and so on. 
you've got different guns, you've got all this different stuff. Well, this game has really managed to simplify and still... It's such a cool balance. They, they've made it feel like the game is just one thing. It's just left and right, but then they put in like a time-based thing, like see how long you can last fighting these things. And they've, they've added versions where you can't see what key you're supposed to press or you can only see the enemies after a certain amount of time. And, and you have to like memorize what color enemy means uh, what button pattern, right? Um, so they've done things like this to really exploit this single idea that they have and then build off of it and do as much as they can without making it, without clouding the gameplay without having any kind of a a feeling of learning multiple mechanics it feels like you're just mastering one mechanical idea and it makes me wonder how i can boil down different genres to their core mechanics and i'm thinking like oh this is something that i should really just take the time to do to sit down and go i mean i think we all know that like platformers are about jumping and landing in the right spot and something about that is fun right there's something enjoyable about, oh, I've jumped and I've landed in the right place. Isn't that, isn't that odd? Like, if we really start to think too much about where the fun is in one particular game mechanic, it gets weird. If you start to think too deeply about it, you're like, wait, why do I like jumping from one place to another? That is, by the way, one of my favorite things in a video game in like an RPG like uh, Morrowind, when you're just able to jump very, very high. I like jumping from building to building. There's something in an RPG in a first-person perspective that is fundamentally satisfying about doing like sort of parkour-style stuff. Not even super cool parkour. I like it in Morrowind because it kind of feels like I'm not supposed to do it. It feels like I'm trespassing, right? There, anyway, there's I'm getting too sidetracked. There's something about these core mechanics that we have in these different games that is like fundamentally enjoyable if put together correctly. And I, I almost feel like I get, I, you know what, I'm just throwing wild theories out there at this point. Let me see if I, yeah, I almost feel like I get a satisfaction from like a platformer in the way that I would get the satisfaction of like jumping over something in real life, right? Like, is there some connection there? I have no idea. At this point, I'm just spitballing random things to be like, oh, where does the fun come from? We don't know where the fun comes from. There's a satisfaction in conquering challenges. Let's just leave it at that. But it is interesting that there are these like core genres. There are these genres that keep popping up. There's shooters, there's platformers, there's like RPGs, there's real-time strategy stuff. And it's interesting to me wondering about where the fun is coming from. But we could, that is such a deep and borderline pointless discussion. I mean, it's not pointless. There's really there really is real value behind it, but for the context of this podcast, it's not worth me trying to go down that rabbit hole. That's something I would need to do genuine less improvisational thought about. Like I would need to like start looking into some stuff, and I'm not feeling like doing that today. So, anyway, let's get back to one finger death punch. Simple gameplay mechanic. Absolutely love it. Love the simplicity. I am I am borderline jealous of it. I I love how much they've refined this mechanic and and just locked in and found the fun and just kept going with it. Like, they really fleshed out the game, too. That's the other element of this. The game is fun from beginning to end. You can stop whenever you want. You can, you can learn as much as you want about this game. 
and it tickles a little bit of that DDR scratch itch for me. Sorry, it scratches a little bit of that DDR itch for me. Wow, that was an interesting mix-up there. Um, so I, I can really appreciate that. And then on top of that, it has a little bit of lightheartedness. It have a, it, There's something humorous about over-the-top gore on stick figures. I remember there used to be these like stick figure death videos that I saw when I was like a kid. Um, and there's just something about like the irony of it or like the, the bizarreness of like ultra violent stick figure combat, um, which I think gives it a special appeal from like a humor angle. Uh, and then the visual style of this game, I also find inspiring because I look at it and I go, wow, this is very minimal. And yet people love this game. Like this game is, is beautiful in its own way and exciting and well animated and like fun to play, despite the fact that it is like. It's not, you know, it's not like a graphical masterpiece. It's just like, hey, this is this really cool thing. These are the graphics that we feel works for this. And this mechanic is is marvelous. And we just need what we need to do to make this whole game idea shine, right? And that is some drama. And, and all, the visuals, um, all the visuals contribute to that drama significantly enough, right? Um, and, and you can focus on all that drama and all those visuals because your fingers are only paying attention to two buttons. You're not paying attention to a whole keyboard. You don't even have to navigate eight buttons. You've just got two buttons, right? So it really lets you focus in on the game itself. I think let's just move forward. I'm, I'm planning on today being a little bit of a shorter episode. Let's move forward here and start talking about what we can learn from this game for our own development. My first question is, how much fun can one mechanic provide? And I think the answer is uh, unlimited amounts. I think it just depends on what you want to do with the mechanic. And I guess where do you draw the line on what you'd consider one mechanic, right? But I think you can build off of one mechanic in any way that you want, right? You can, I'm going to use platformers again. You can take platformers and you can take this mechanic of jumping and landing and you can build an entire game off of jumping and landing from so many different perspectives. Think about how many different platformers you've made. You can do jumping and landing on enemies. Just jumping and landing and making sure you land in the right spot. Doing it quickly, doing it slowly. My game does it with wall sticking. So jumping and landing from wall to wall, jumping and landing onto a wall so that you can jump, attack, and land in the right spot after the wall, like positioning stuff. You can do puzzles off of it. I could go on and on and on. You can do a million things with it. How many things can you do with just shooting, right? Core mechanic of shooting a gun. You got every shooter in existence. Really, all you have to do is change the fire rate, the sound effect, and whatever other features of the gun, and the game is completely different. Um, but you can also do something like Super Hot, where it becomes a puzzle shooter. You can do a puzzle platformer shooter, right? Where instead of having it be a platformer about jumping, you can have it be about shooting something which causes something to open or causes something to open, like to unlock or launches you. You could be using a, uh, a hook shot or something like that's still, I'm stretching the definition of shooting a little bit, but I think you get the idea of like, you can just keep 
coming up with different angles. And this is one of the reasons why I keep getting on this idea of execution is everything. People will get stuck and say, I need a good idea. I just need a good idea. And I'm so sorry if I if you feel attacked when I go on this rant, but I'm going on this rant. It's really important to me. Sometimes people will get stuck and say, I just need a good idea. If only I had a good idea. I just need a genius idea. The idea is everything that matters. I need to come up with something great. No, you don't. You need to sit down and you need to do the work. You need to just start making stuff. Stop being precious about your ideas. The idea does not matter when taken when compared to the weight of the execution, right? You can take any idea and if you execute it properly, it will be phenomenal. But you got to learn how to do the execution and it's a lot easier to pretend, oh, I'm going full rant right now. It's a lot easier to pretend that you just need a good idea and then ignore the execution than it is to look at the execution and go, holy cow, I have so much to learn. I have so much work to do. It's so overwhelming, right? But, and this is the key, this is the uplifting side of this rant. I'm going off. If you pause and you look for one second at just the very beginning of learning the execution and you don't just look at it you go in you tip you dip your toe into the pool of learning to execute on your idea you ignore the you pick any idea you want and you just start learning to execute you will find something out you will find out whether or not you enjoy the process of making something and then everything becomes so much smoother (laughs) as soon as you find out whether or not you genuinely enjoy the process of making something ooh, boom we're here we're ready we're making stuff now like we don't need to worry about what the idea is we can just go and yes some ideas are exciting and that's what that's the part where the idea matters if you're not excited about the idea like i get it okay but start with a small thing boom here we go done right just get learning those skills, learn that execution. And then when you do have that idea that drives you crazy, where you're like, I have to do this. This idea is so fun. I'm so excited about this. You'll have the skills. So if you don't have an idea right now, thank God, because now you can focus on building the skills and it doesn't matter what idea you're working on. That idea, that idea will come to you later. That idea might come to you while you're building the skills. And again, just to reiterate, the idea itself is like 1% in my mind compared to the execution. And you might be thinking, who is this guy lecturing about this? What does he know? Uh, Fair. But if you just look at everything out there, if you just look at all the games out there, all the anime out there, all the movies out there, all the books out there, and you boil them down to a fundamental idea that would be somebody's very first pitch when they start working on the game, anime, movie, whatever, and you say that fundamental idea out loud, you're going to go, That seems like a stupid idea. You're going to be like, that seems stereotypical. That seems dumb. That's not a good idea. Yeah, that's because it's all about execution, right? Oh, there's a wizard that lives in an attic and and his parents are dead and his his aunt and uncle are mean to him. Like, that, that doesn't seem as amazing as the execution was, you know? 
it seems fine. It seems kind of cool, but it's like, oh, another wizard book. Oh, great. Oh, okay. Whatever, right? I'm, I mean, look, a, a horror game about fishing, right? Which is called Dredge. That's a great game. That's a phenomenal game. But if somebody was like, oh, I want to make a horror game where you're, you're, it's just about fishing and that's the pitch, you're like, oh, well, you're going to, I don't know what that, it's all about execution. I'm done with this rant. I'm sorry. I went way off on a tangent. That has been running around in my brain so much lately. <laughs> Hopefully that inspires you to create stuff and doesn't just sound like me yelling at a cloud. It might just be old man yells at cloud, but whatever. Uh, point is, how much fun can one mechanic provide? That's where we started with this. A ton of fun. And it's all about how you execute on it. It's all about what you want to do with it and, and how you want to explore it and, and what comes out of that. And the only way to find out is to explore it, right? You can't figure out how the mechanic feels in your brain. You figure out how it feels by trying it. Uh, next question I had was, what actually makes visuals matter? I think we get stuck in this thing where we're like, oh, I need high fidelity, right? I mean, not so much anymore. If you're listening to this podcast, you you may not be on board of the... You're probably not on the everything has to be beautiful all the time train, but you might be. Um, AAA high fidelity stuff. I think the only reason that that really appeals to us is because it immerses, right? So I think visuals matter to the extent that they can immerse you in the world. That's maybe one angle to look at, or, or to the extent that they can have an impact on the player emotionally, in terms of gameplay, in terms of immersion. Like, what what impact are they having on the player? That's how much they matter. I think um, I think it's not that they look pretty, unless the game is about pretty visuals, right? Like, I think... The visuals looking beautiful is kind of a side effect of a deeper need for the visuals. And the deeper need is to set a mood, to convey a message, to convey a mechanic, to set, uh, to, to complete, to, con- geez, to convey these different ideas, to, to translate your ideas into some kind of visual that then the player can experience, right? It's, it's all about moving something out of your mind into the player's mind. And I think it's easy to get caught up on, I want this to look beautiful, but why and how? And do you need to have these crazy resources? I think One Finger Death Punch is a beautiful game because of the way that it does its animation, because of the way that it does these over-the-top things, and because of the stylization of it, even though it's extremely minimal and like it's based on stick figures, right? Like it's not... This is not like Unreal Engine, beautiful, ultra-realistic stuff. This is just like, oh, this is really cool. And I don't I don't think I would like this game if it was like hyper-realistic. I think it would be too, it might be too gruesome and too like overwhelming and detailed and stuff, right? Like it might, it might cloud up the game mechanics, but you know, execution, maybe it would be great. Can't say for sure. Um... But yeah, I think that's where the real joy in the visuals comes from, is what they're communicating to the player. Let's move forward. I've already gone on a wild enough rant. Uh, Let's talk about my progress with Soot this week. And maybe this is why I'm in a ranting about execution mood, because mood, excuse me, because I have not been executing this week. So I'm really, as always, I'm ranting at myself. Um... I've been distracted for good reasons, but I've been distracted and I've also just, I've been in these sticking points where I look at the game and I go, oh man, that's a lot that I got to do. And I'm trying to get it done in this period of time and like, oh, rough, like 
we're getting close and there's some stuff that I'm not ready to tackle and it's time to tackle it. And also I did the whole PC upgrade thing and, and all this stuff. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit of a sticking point thing. And that's, that's a little tricky for me when I, when I get to a point where I, I'm running into like, I'm, I'm close enough to when I wanted to release where I'm thinking about like, is this going to sell at all? Like how many sales am I going to be able to get on this thing? Um, and does that matter? Like I'm accidentally getting hopeful about sales and like my goal has never been to sell a lot. My, my goal has been to sell a tiny bit, like a tiny bit, get a little bit of feedback and experience the process of publishing a game and get familiar with it so that in the future I can do it even better. Like this is the, I almost consider this me going to school at a very fundamental level for making games. Like I think um, I'm relearning a lot of these creative skills and processes and all of this stuff, right? And these are skills that you don't really get going through formal training and formal education. So I think I'm, I'm almost viewing this first experience as like, um, as a, as a introduction to game dev in a very informal way. Um, but yeah, I'm reaching this point where like I'm close to the publishing and that's when it's like, you get hopeful on accident sometimes. I'm intentionally trying not to be too hopeful about anything, even remotely close to sales, because I'm not, that's not the goal. And I got to keep the real goal in mind. And then I just like, sometimes I look at the game and I'm like, I've been playing this a lot. Like, is this fun? Is it? I think it is. Like, I'm pretty sure this is fun. I've been really happy with it at times, but like, have I played it too much? Are we still, I just have all these little self-doubt things, right? And so I need to do another, I need to polish up a little test for people to play that will help a little bit just to get outside perspective and make sure that I don't release some like impossible game because I've played it too much and like nobody really knows what's going on except for me. That's a very real risk. And like, I think a lot about like Dunning-Kruger and like, oh, do I just think it's good because I'm the guy making it and because I don't know enough and I'm just falling into that like it, it's hard not to have those doubts when you're doing any creative project but then you I, I think I just got to step away and go yeah let's just do the work that's all right just keep working on it we'll get there it'll be all right and then when I finish it I get to start on the next project and I'm so excited to start on the next project I don't even know what the next project is yet but I'm hyped on it um I've got ideas and I'm ready already but I'm not starting on it until I publish this project because I that's where I'm at right now that's what I want to do um yeah so that's my game development this week uh, basically what I've actually done is I've edited a few more levels and I've adjusted the fire rate of some of my enemies and the speed at which their projectiles move because I had this problem where you can run and catch up to the enemy projectiles so you can like kill an enemy and then run after their projectile and just like kill yourself by hitting the back of their projectile. And I was like, well, that doesn't feel good. So I had to make some pretty fundamental changes there. And I'm still just plugging in a bunch of my lighting because the way that I did the lighting system makes me have to manually do a bunch of stuff, which is not great, but whatever. Here we are close enough to the finish line that it's best to probably just stick to that. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Let's get to the last part of this podcast and wrap things up.
two questions for your own game development. First question is, what are the core mechanics of your game? Or what is the core mechanic? I almost think there should be one, but I recognize that that's not really always the case. But if it's a super small project, my, my mindset at this moment in my development is it'd be nice to focus on one mechanic just because of the scale of things. Like it can be so, I think for learning the fundamentals of game design and for being an early on in my career game designer, uh, it, it makes sense to me to focus on one core mechanic because if I start getting too fancy, if I start doing too many mechanics at once, I'm not going to learn as much as I could as if I focus on one mechanic. So what is the core mechanic or core mechanics of your game? And then second question, where is the fun in your core mechanics? What part makes it fun? And I think you can be vague about that, but also be honest with yourself. Like, is there fun in there? Is there a fun mechanic? Be honest. Explore it. See if you've ever had that moment where you feel like it's fun. But there's no clear-cut answer. You'll end up going down this whole philosophical rabbit hole if you try to pinpoint where the fun is. Oops, hopefully you didn't hear that. I bumped the mic a little bit. Fingers crossed on that one. Uh, And then the tip for this week is just to keep showing up. And that's a tip for me. Because I am at a sticking point right now with this project and I just got to tell myself to keep showing up. And that goes to you as well. Um, I really hope that y'all are out there making some stuff and and I hope that you don't feel like this creative journey is, is something... Um, too overwhelming or like unsustainable or or overly imposing because you are on this creative journey with other people and and we're all out here trying to make some stuff we're all out here trying to express ourselves through whatever we're making or just trying to give other people a fun time or do whatever it is that we're doing so i really hope that you're able to enjoy that process and aren't like beating yourself down in the process of making things because that's in my opinion not what it's about It's about sharing something beautiful, not about making yourself suffer. That is, you know what, that's everything I have for today. Um, Let's call it there. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope that you have an excellent week. And I hope that you make some stuff and have fun with it. And I will see you all in the next one. Bye-bye.